Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and I have an interview episode for you guys. I am out in Fort Morgan, been here for the last couple days. Uh, we're filming episodes of Shooting Gallery with Michael Bain, and in the room I have Michael Bush. Hey, Frank. Yeah, Voodoo Gunwork. So we're doing a Voodoo episode, and it uh, worked out really well. Uh, Mike, say hi to everybody. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Hey Frank, I have to start out by asking a question. What is that friggin' smell? The, oh, the, 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 oh, the sugar factory. Jeez, right O'Pete. across the street, right here from the hotel, there's a sugar factory where they make the packets of sugar and it's the beets. It stinks so bad. It's like, I woke up this morning, it was like my cousin Vinny. Yes. It was, you know, the only thing I think that competes with that are the paper mills in Alabama. Uh, Alaska does have the 5.30 train, <laughs> yeah. so the train comes by at 5.30, yeah. so there's that. Oh, quick little tip to, uh, thing for people out there listening, if they paid a lot of attention to previous podcasts, about a year ago this time, I was Mike Bush. That's right. I remember that. You and that uh, that Adam guy. Yeah, big, we're, tall, freaking, yeah, lanky, weird he, dude, big, man. Yeah, he, he, he looks he like he, was... he carries around big black. I don't want to say it. But yeah, yeah. And, and he looks like he was put together with spare parts. Yes, like totally. They were, Frankenstein. They were, they were out of all matching parts that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got good hair. He, he did, he did up, get good yeah, hair. He got good hair. I feel bad for his wife, but I guess she gets to look at the hair. Yeah, yeah. There's always that. Yeah, there's always the hair. So, um, you guys are just on a roll. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I guess it would be more of a roller coaster, but one that's. You're going up, 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 but then the build would be the, the, the rush down and, yes. and, and trying to get things done. But you're in that constant climb, it, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, you know, 2020 has been a lot of things, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of different things. Uh, you, know, you know, for us, though, at Voodoo, uh, we've scaled, I think we're on our seventh scaling right now. We just took on another uh, 7,500 or so square feet of floor space to expand into. We launched our V22S single shot precision action, and uh, it was geared, uh, it is geared towards the, uh, primarily the F-Class and bench rest crowd, leans a bit more towards the F-Class, I think, based on how it's configured. Um, But so far out of the chute, uh, the rifles that we're building, the barreled actions and rifles that we're putting together, uh, are really surprising yeah. a lot of folks. I mean, if you, it's, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, but if you look at what you guys are doing with just the voodoo name and the quality and what's going on, you are creating a whole nother sub-series of all the shooting sports scaled down. So you're like a 25 uh, to 25th%, whatever they want to call it, right. 25% model right. of everything that's going to be happening can be rolled into the 22 and then be done in these ranges that don't have range. Right, right. And that, that's exactly what we've been, you know, finding out over the years. Uh, you know, we, we stood this up in October of 2016 and, uh, you know, the, the corporation, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we started the whole build out of our, of our production facility in St. George and uh, everything went into production by March of 2017. We started shipping in August of 17, and it has been just nonstop gangbusters ever since. You know it's real when it changes that fast and that much. I mean, this isn't some vaporware, and and, um, you know, and I had mentioned with the Michael Baines stuff, honestly, I think, you know, NRL 22 would be the credit, but 22s to me is what saved tactical comps. Tactical so. comps were going in a, in a really far downhill. The drama, the issues, the tr- you know, there was a lot of things that people don't like about them. The travel, the expense. Yeah. And then yeah. you bring in the NRL 22, and then NRL 22 was built around you. Yeah. Mean, let's be yeah. honest. It, it, it worked out really well yeah. that way. And, you know, from a timing perspective, uh, with NRL 22 standing up and and uh, our products hitting the market and all the success we had with the launch uh, in coordination with mm-hmm. Rapua, uh, you know, quite frankly, people were voting with their feet as yep. it, you know, totally. They, you look at the PRS world and 
uh, it was a good place for people to end up. Yeah, and it, it and really started to shine. It's ninety percent of the traffic for any of the comps mm -hmm. is the way I see it. Any, any, even today, people are talking about I shoot comps, I do this, I do that. It's mostly twenty-two. Right. You and know, as far as what they're saying, they may dabble in the other stuff, but a lot of the dabblers didn't like it, like you're saying, and they, mm -hmm. and they exercised their vote with their feet, and they walked over to the 22 side of the house, and it's changed the game for a lot of people where we're getting, you know what, the carnival, the contrived, the mm -hmm. silly is yeah. okay with the 22. It, it is. It is. It, you know, it it takes a lot of seriousness out of you know, what was a part of all those other things. Right, the problems and, with everything else right. is gone because you're with a 22. Right, right. Yeah. And, and the awesome thing, you know, as this, you know, evolved and it did so very quickly was to, uh, you know, get a lot of feedback from uh, other companies in the industry. And they, they wanted to be a part of this mm -hmm. in a really positive way. And, you know, optics companies and stock makers and, uh, trigger companies and you know the the biggest part of I think uh, really helped this to evolve is on the optic side though with the ability to parallax down more closely right. and you know we, we touched on it a little bit yesterday but you know when the ELR started uh, you know there there was this huge desire to shoot matches out to 600 yards mm -hmm. and it, you know the the amount of elevation in your optic became abundantly important how do you use all of that elevation and how much you know forward can't uh you know should you use to mount your scope to to drain all that elevation right. out and that all came together very very quickly and and still maintain the back of the rifle for people when they're angling that much exactly and, and there's there's a lot of 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 setup that changes because of that scope being in the way it is when we shoot that far Right. Um, right. The one thing, let's go back, like go into the history, like, you know, you on the hide around 2007, nine, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, and and you, you were doing some of that stuff Is that you got to grab that. Nope. And so, you, you know, it, it, there was two competing 22s kind of going. You had Greg in Primal Rights was mm -hmm. kind of running a, a similar track to yours. And you were both trying to solve the, the full size footprint mm -hmm. problem. Yes. The, yep. it, basically, how do we scale 22 from a 22, how it was then, to where it is today and what you've done with it. And, and um, I think that helped having two people kind mm -hmm. of racing towards it. I mean, clearly you guys came out on top, uh, and I don't know if there's, a, if there's a right way to word it on top, but you, you pulled ahead, I guess, as a way of do, uh, mentioning it. But just go back to like just all the conversations on the hide back then. Yeah, yeah. So it and as I as I think about it, um, you know, it was it was two thousand seven, and uh, it, you know there you know had been a lot of you know movement towards uh, how how can one train with more economically, mm -hmm. but not have to train with an undersized platform right. that in no way ergonomically uh, uh, emulates their centerfire package. So uh, a lot of the conversation that I paid attention to uh, were Hoser and From My Cold Dead Hand and uh, Detros and, mm -hmm. you know, these are all screen names for people that... Yeah, Hoser's Sea Springs down here. He does, uh, he does a lot of matches and yeah, stuff. Big yeah. shooter down in um, South Colorado. Yeah. It's amazing how things unfold because he's now a sponsored Voodoo Shooter. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, listening to these guys and, and, you know, envisioning via a distance, right? Because this is all taking place on the internet. It's yep. not like we're sitting in front of one another. Uh, you know, so how, how does one make this work? And obviously, you know, a lot of people are familiar with and, and likely have owned amongst the, the, uh, the, the listening audience here, the Remington 40X Rimfire, mm -hmm. which Remington did a very good job uh, of producing a very accurate single shot platform. However, it was horrible, <laughs> uh, you know, in the, in the realm of the repeater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they, they wanted to take that Jiffy Pop popcorn approach to solving the problem as it related to a repeater by using an existing smaller uh, form factor metal magazine. Uh, they played around with Ithaca and, and Marlin magazines and, 
you know, the, the problem that you create or the problem that you have to overcome while using one of those magazines is the fact that the feed timing out of that magazine was intended for a receiver diameter smaller than an inch 350. And the Remington 40X receiver diameter is the same as the Remington 700 centerfire and it's an inch 350. So mm -hmm. you have to move that magazine closer to the breech face, which means now that your feed angle is much more steep. Yep. And you either, which, you know, from a timing perspective, uh, you don't have enough time to, to uh, you know, in a very usable way, get the round out of the magazine into the chamber. So I had to solve the right problem. The problem wasn't that the receiver and the action as a whole was never a repeater, but it was the approach to make it a repeater by using the smaller magazine. So you know, looking at centerfire platforms and thinking about what these guys, uh, the 40X Mafia, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is what they became known to be. Mm -hmm. um, what they're trying to do, well, they, they basically want a centerfire platform that chambers and fires 22 long rifle. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with the 40X. You just have to solve the right problem. So did the magazine first. Uh, you know, that was a, it was a big project in SolidWorks and getting all the technical data package for the magazine squared away, uh, it, you know, and then once had something tangible th by way of 3D prints, uh, I had to make a 40X that would run it, you know, that I could test it <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. right? So uh, developed the conversion, the repeater conversion for the 40X and plugged the magazine in and uh, found out that, you know, this has to be a controlled round feed platform. So uh, it changed up a few things. It wasn't, surprisingly, it wasn't a very iterative process once you could bring all the pieces together. Mm -hmm. uh, so it did change the extractors a little bit, but the thing ran like a sewing machine. And never intended to do this project to convert 40Xs into repeaters, but it took off. Mm -hmm. Well, in parallel to that, of course, there's some other approaches to, you know, accomplishing this. And you mentioned Greg at Primal Rights, uh, and he, uh, by way of uh, Wayne Jurgens, I believe, um, also there in South Dakota, mm -hmm. uh, Wayne had basically developed this capability. And uh, Greg, you know, being friends with Wayne, they, you know, put together how they would go forward with this and, uh, you know, still using, I, I think it was a Marlin mag or a Savage Right, mag, I, I, I believe remember. they were using somebody like that. Yeah, so, uh, but just, it didn't get any traction. Uh, I, I, I believe it was fully functional. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are some in existence, uh, you know, in lower numbers, but, uh, I think largely the, the magazine was a big turnoff to folks. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the ability to use uh, the AICS form factor magazines uh, that people were accustomed to uh, ergonomically was directly in line with the fact that, you know, guys wanted to train with a rimfire, but perfectly, inter, uh, you know, emulate. Right, and it go back yeah. to, the, I mean, if you look at the timing too, it comes in right when the 6.5 Creed and people started yes. doing 243s and six millimeters. And that transition back in the day, and I remember it on the comp side of things down at Rifles Only, we're coming off of 308s. We're just running into 6.5s and six millimeters, and the six millimeters were really just 243s. Um, with different twist rates. Mm -hmm. And people used to bitch, this is a barrel burning stage. This is a barrel burning stage. Yeah. Why do we gotta have a stage with 10, 15, 20 rounds with my 6.5 or six millimeters? And so then everybody started looking at the cost and all that, and then that's when the trainer came in. Well, if I can practice and not burn out the barrels, because it, it's tough for the tactical crowd, mm -hmm. I think, to understand the barrels are replaceable. Even, I, I mean, I turned my comments off the other day because in my videos on YouTube about replacing the barrels on a Tika, because they're mm -hmm. too slow, and then when I replaced the barrels on the RPR, because I could, mm -hmm. people don't get it. And right. they, they, they don't consider replacing a barrel something we should just do routinely. Right. And so that to me was the was a weird thing, and that's why I think the twenty two was it was ripe to come it, in. It was, and and you're right. I mean, um, what what did all those six and a half and six millimeter 
cartridges replaced. They replaced the 308. Right. So guys bring the 308 mindset, you know, 10,000, 12,000 round, you know, barrel or more. Mm -hmm. I think barrel life. Jacob has more than that through, yes. you know, a, a 308. So they bring that into what is this, you know, this new higher speed, mm -hmm. uh, lower drag capability and these slippery bullets and it just didn't line up. No, they hated it. And, and so that's where, um, but I mean, I, I just think, um, it, it's, it's like we said, it's sky's the limit with 22s. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much that we can do uh, with that. Uh, we, is there any direction that you're going, that maybe it's not something public or crazy that you have to go into detail, but is there directions where people are calling you up going, hey, I want to use a 22 or we want to build one and do mm -hmm. this and you're going, you guys want one? Yeah, yeah. There, there's been a lot of that. Uh, you know, we, so when we first started, you know, going in this direction, we stood everything up. We were shipping rifles. We had a number of, of uh, companies approach us to do private label. Mm -hmm. And, you know, based on our own plans, you know, what does our product roadmap look like? What does our, you know, uh, um, uh, umbrella of service and, and how do we, you know, how do we, you know, serve this community to the best of our ability? And, you know, our focus had to be uh, just lasered onto what it means to serve the community. Mm -hmm. So serving the industry is a good thing, but, you know, we, and, and we do that very well. We have great industry partners in Manners Composite Stocks and optics companies like ZCO and, and Night Force and Foundation. You know, mm -hmm. we, we do a lot of really cool stuff with a lot of, you know, with a, a lot of really good vendors. But our primary focus has always been the shooting community. How, yeah. how do we maintain a level of servitude that backs up everything we say and ultimately everything we do? And that was to not get into those um, cash grab situations. Right, you right. Know, where You're guys, looking long term and not let's make a bunch right now right. because this, we don't know how long it's going to go. Right, right. And, mm -hmm. you know, so because, I mean, the... the I, I am one third the ownership of Voodoo. Uh, Paul Parrott and his wife Jill are my partners in this, and we're so incredibly tight. Uh, you know, Paul and I finish one another's sentences, mm -hmm. and you know, it, it's this really incredibly cohesive, very like-minded relationship, and things just work. Right, and, right. And you know, we you know we all we all want to fulfill what it is we set out to do and how it is we serve the community. So, uh, so that's where our focus is. So we started with, you know, what, uh, you know, now is known as the generation one V22, mm -hmm. uh, which is what you have. You have, right. Yep. Mine, mine yep. is. Yep. Yeah. And what I was shooting yesterday with, uh, Michael and you got to shoot it as well as our new gen two action. Mm -hmm. Well, the gen one action, it has an issued patent. The gen two action has a pending patent. And uh, of course, there's still the uh, the pending patent on the magazine that, that's looking really good. Right. Uh, that that's about to unfold. Um, but you know, and what and what it looks like going forward for us, uh, we don't have any plans of stopping. Uh, it, you know, I've been asked a lot about the 17 WSM, and I have my own soapbox about you know that round. Okay. And, and what it takes to make it work. I'm not a fan mm -hmm. of the round. Uh, you know, because it it requires that you give away too much in what is proper execution, proper design, and what a platform really. Do you think be. they can fix the bullet a little bit, or fix a cartridge to make it work I, to something you would like? I do absolutely. Mm -hmm. The problem the problem resides purely in the case. Got it. In that it's a twenty seven caliber nail gun case. It was. It didn't start life. You know, as a as mm -hmm. a firearms right. You know, platform. It was a tool, not a. Yeah, and, and you, you put these nail gun blanks in a, a very heavy industrialized, you know, platform to make them go off, but you can't deliver that level of energy in the way that we're doing it with, with uh, modern day fire control systems. Mm -hmm. So you have to change way too much, which creates a heavy bolt lift. Uh, it, you know, you could, you could split your cock 50-50 open and close, but you're still not solving all the issues. And... Uh, 
Uh, Volkortsen recently announced that they're going to discontinue the, the shipping of the Summit chambered in 17 WSM uh, because they ran into all the, the same things. problem. Yeah, everything you, you know, talk. Yeah, so you know, I, I I don't think supporting something like that is in the best interest of the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. Now, the 17 WSM does it does have some fanboys, you know, in, in in amongst people I don't think are looking for the kinds of things that we deliver or mm -hmm. we desire to deliver. So, and that's great, but. Uh, but we're not interested in that. Right. So, would you think you would go more of a 22 Magnum-ish to get the ELR side of it? Well, so our 22 Magnum is working awesome. Is it? I yep. love my 22 Magnum. Uh, we don't use a 16 twist barrel. We use a faster twist barrel. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that I've talked a lot about that. But And our 17 HMR is doing great as well. And we do use the standard 9 twist barrel for the uh, the 17 HMR and 17 Mach 2. Yep. Um, but the 22 Magnum... Uh, you know what? What we're what we're going to do is compete with what it is that the 17 WSM is supposed to, to do. You're basically yeah. going to say what that should have done on paper. We're going to build over here with something else. Yes, it, got it. it. We're going to do it with better ammunition and a better platform and better barrels and you know all those things that we you know started out with and you know the Gen One that carried over into the Gen Two and mm -hmm. now we have our single shot. Uh, three lug 60 degree lift uh, action that uh, is our Gen 3 line and the cool thing about the Gen 3 is I did that uh, and Matt DeLude has been heavily involved he, he's uh, he's an engineer that I hired at Savage and then I pulled him out of Savage when I left mm -hmm. and, and I won't go anywhere without that guy uh, but he's he's been hugely helpful in you know, taking some of the design things off of my plate, and we, you know, we've always worked well together. You, you, so. you poached a bunch of Savage. Dude. I did. I, 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 I yeah. had a, one of the stalkers go down in the class, and yep. I'm like, call Joe. And yeah. Joe's like, I ain't there no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Salvador pulled him out of there as well, and and we have we have a lot of really cool side gigs going mm -hmm. on, and and uh, we we we've termed ourselves the Inglorious Bastards. Nice, you know, nice. We, we go in and do things for people that is uh, a bit unorthodox mm -hmm. you know as it relates to what would be considered a healthy corporate world right uh we don't all, you know subscribe to never that. works so, it never what's considered a healthy corporate world is toe the line exactly yeah be a yes man yes and you know that doesn't fix anything it, it has to flow in a perfectly straight line top down this and, right. and, and that's not that doesn't it, get anything no, done no you you end up with you know a lot of what you see in the big oem companies mm -hmm. but uh so every, a lot of the things that happened in the gen 3 uh which you know for the single shot was a ground up design it wasn't a gen 1 that we just turned into a single shot it was a brand new design and uh likely going to have some pending patents out of that as well but what what we did in the gen 3 we rolled backwards into what became the gen 2 which the primary focus of doing the gen 2 was to have the magnums yeah the 22 mag and the 17 hmr and uh later on we rolled the 22 long rifle into that and it is it's a very very nice action so uh, so yeah, we have some plans to you know to go forward with a better 17 cartridge and uh, you know a, a number of things as we scale. I, I think that you know a lot of people that are truly passionate about you know how they shoot and you know how they learn and how they improve their skills and you know mm -hmm. th those are the things that we're catering to going forward. I'm gonna um we just to kind of quick change. I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna. <laughs> I grabbed some data. I got to fix it a little bit. But I think we can do the weaponized math in a complete sheet. We have a half sheet with the weaponized math for guys with the 22s. But the problem is, is the ranges. Mm -hmm. We don't know what range people are using. So I have to figure out where I think it's going to be 25 is your 100 yard zero. And we'll use 200 as your 1,000. That would be our 100%. And I'm pretty sure I can plug a 22 all the way through weaponized math because we doped mm. gravity and i think it might be a nice little thing i honestly with the changes with the hide and everything and they're doing gamification i'm looking at 22 because it's the easiest way to almost like what jason bainey used to do mm -hmm. with the shoot the smiley mm -hmm. i think we can do a virtual league on the hide and I can use the resources of my server to kind of bring people in because I really see it as a no limits as far as where you can go with it from the
the tactical side, what you're doing now or how that grew, uh, and then to the F-class bench rest and those other sides. And, and I really think there isn't a discipline you can't just plug into on a, on a uh, m- you know, model car scale. Right, right. And, and, and do it that. So I think there's ways to use the hide to that benefit because, I mean, it's just so much fun, like I was saying. It, it You know, I can have half the line over here with 22s and half the line over here with 6.5 Creedmoors, and the 22 guys are giggling and, you know, laughing and having a blast, and the guys are over here taking this so serious, and they're actually hitting easier, but their mind is like so razor focused to, to oh, I got to get this. But then the 22 guys are hitting just as much right. and laughing. Right. And, and to me, that mindset change is, I, I, is I believe, the direction sort of the community needs to go. Um, part of the PRS NRL fight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't like yep. what you're doing, we're going to go right. over here. We don't right. like what you're doing, we're going to start this <clears throat> over here. Nobody likes this travel and this expense and any of this. We're going to make something in the middle. And I think the way to tie all this together is through the 22. I, I, I believe so. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that we're the only ones that believe that. You know, the industry sees it. Yeah. And, you know, a really cool aspect of how this has all come together is, you know, the, the, the vendors that or the other, uh, the other manufacturers that have stepped up in, in their own ways based on what they do to support it. But, you know, the, the cool part that, uh, you know, has been a constant since uh, the two, 2007 timeframe and then more, more officially, you know, starting around 2009 has been the community at Sniper's Hut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Rimfire, uh, you know, forum on your site has grown immensely. I, I made it a bigger one. Like the new changes to the site, Rimfire is going to be taking a, a more primary role in that. That's awesome. And 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 um, I redesigned the site. I blended a lot more. So like if you, I think it's like thirty something, thirty two sections. If you went down and said, okay, from the equipment to rifles all the way down, I think there's thirty something. Mm-hmm. When this change happens, there's only going to be like fifteen. Like half of them are blended now, and they're tagged and keyworded. The rimfire can't be. It has to be, and it's right now. I just have it says all things rimfire, but I'm gonna see rimfire get its own kind of primary sections there that are more visible. Right. I guess is a way of putting it. Right. Not that there is changing. It's just becoming something that's taking uh, equal tier mm-hmm. to everything else. Snipers hides about where right. rimfire was like. Okay, I'll do rimfire. Let's right. entertain rimfire. Right now it's equal to any other section on the site if not right. more so yeah and and i have to focus on that yeah and it was you know when it was let's do rimfire it was a, a completely different approach to let's do rimfire yeah. right it was shooting light bulbs and you know little mm-hmm. things that explode and squirrels and plinking and such and it, it it's taking uh it has taken that turn that you know like you say has become equal to what everyone has been doing in the centerfire world and you know now the the traffic has evolved over the course of even the last few months, mm-hmm. where uh, you know there's a lot more bench rest traffic coming on to uh, coming into the, the, the rimfire right. section, and uh, you know the contributions uh, you know have been good, and I think that you know once once people that that migrate over you know, kind of get the feel for how things mm-hmm. flow on the hide, that things will continue to improve there. Yeah, as well. I mean the. It, the mindset in, in my direction, and we mentioned this yesterday with, with, with Michael, is um, you can't look at these as rim fires anymore. You have to consider it in the exact... I have to look at a Voodoo 22 in the exact same way I look at my AI. Right. There's no difference in other than the fun factor would be one way of putting it. But that's an emotional. But... I'm looking at everything else that I'm doing with the 22 the same way I would be doing it with my AI. And I think that's where this over summer, and because I'm kind of getting in, we're so dang busy, COVID changed so Mm -hmm. many weird things. And it allowed me to do this upgrade on the site. And now I have eyes on the site that are working on it. And it's allowing me to, to reflect more and sit back and say, well, what direction is this stuff going? The the rim fire is a center fire now. It's it has to be looked at on equal terms. Right. And and I think that's a, a big part of 
where where the hide will be ending up. I mean, even on a virtual kind of gamification side of things, if I'm going to go in that direction, it's going to be through 22. Right. It'll be right. virtual. Yeah. I, I, I'm in it, and I may branch out um, physical, mainly because of the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about Hoser because he comes out of where Mary Beth comes out of. Right, right, yeah. She's coming out of the 22 world originally. Right. You know, but you're looking at the junior shooters and how you grow the sport. And the question came in, you know, with, I did the, uh, like the podcast with Phil and Kaylin and they're asking, you know, well, as an OG in this thing, you know, where do you see the mistakes of the PRS and where do you do this? And it's like, well, it's in recruiting, really. And where you're going to recruit is through the 22. Right. Where you're going to recruit those people is in your Cabela's and your Bass Pros. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're, you should be putting, you know, a focus on. And, and it's one thing to, to go word of mouth and me and you go shoot a match in Oklahoma and we got a friend and we go back home and say, man, you got to go to Oklahoma and shoot that match and you got to right. really do that. That's, that gets two more people. Right. But if you go out there and have a, a presence and even the Michael Bain thing we did or you go and stick somebody and say, hey, you just bought a 22, you should be looking at this or you just bought a 22, do you know what you can do with it? Mm -hmm. Where you can go? And, and even it goes down to Appleseed. Right. Where's Appleseed right. at? Right. It's already there. It's just off our radar. Right. In a exactly. way. Exactly. It, you know, it's not off mine, but it's right. off the, the, the community mindset that there's already all of these things there and nobody's taken advantage of that, it. That's right. And, and, you know, what I hear you saying as I, I kind of draw some comparisons is... You know, the 22 aspect of, you know, what we've experienced and, and what I believe we're going to continue to see, and, and of course it's going to grow, it's a different culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a culture built around something that that is, you know, a lot more fun for people. And who knows all the reasons why, right? right? Um, you know, but, you know, anything that can that you can wrap around what is a very sound culture uh, inviting culture, you know, all those kinds of things. It it really does help promotionally, mm -hmm. you know, the forward movement of what it is the, that we're the, doing. I, I, I know what the answer is, I think. And yeah. I'll tell you, I, mean, I could be, I mean, I'm acting arrogant, but I don't mean it that way. Lack of recoil and sound. Yes. It's, right, we don't want 300 wind mags, we want six millimeters. Right. But we have a four port break on the six millimeter, which makes it loud. <laughs> we don't like that. Even though there's no recoil to the six millimeter, it's still loud. Right. Well, then it's expensive because it's fast and it's right. doing these things and yeah. I got to pay money. My barrel's going to be gone in 1800 rounds. 22 is not loud. Right. 22 doesn't recoil. What, what, you know what I saw the other day, and I don't know if you guys caught this um, during COVID and all this. You know what's on TV right now on NBC in the sports side? What's that? Air rifle competitions. That's right. I did. Did yeah. you see it was yes. shooting the game, shooting yep. the light bulbs right. and the toys? Right. How come air rifle competition is on TV, but the PRS can't get anywhere? Exactly. It's wow. loud. It's the sound. In yeah. 22s. The difference is, I mean, if, if I, just from my own personality, we are like the happiest people on the planet when we have a class that's entirely suppressed. Right. We mention it all the time. 15 people show up to class, one guy without a can. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what we're doing? We're digging through bags to find a can to put <laughs> for that guy. For yeah. that guy. Yeah. That's the difference, and that's where this is. And so with the 22s and we're shooting subs, we can now do it anywhere. Right. We can do it everywhere. It's zero offensive. If your wife and your other kids are off to the side during your little you know, Olympic event, mm -hmm. they still can talk to each other and they're fine. Right. You're not tripling up your baby's ears or not bringing them because it's center fire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, and even yesterday on the range with Michael, uh, it, you know, you had a Thunder Beast suppressor on your rifle. Mm -hmm. I, I was uncivilized and not shooting suppressed, but, uh, you know, even unsuppressed. We were fine. It's still, you know, it's still not offensive, no. you know, in the way that the four port breaks and, you know, all those things go. So even if one chooses to be or prefers to be, 
uncivilized. Yes. It's still not. And you know, one of the cameramen thing. mentioned that because you started shooting, you were doing off to the side, and mm-hmm. before that, they had only ever heard mine. Right. Right. And so then the cameraman, we were off to the side, and you were getting yours ready, zeroing. I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes. Oh, that's not bad. Even without, he's like, that's fine. That's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And, and we were off having a conversation and he had to like actively look to realize you were shooting. Yeah. And yeah. that's the difference. Right. And that's why this has that ability to do so much more because we can go in downtown Las Vegas during SHOT Show and you can have a 22 comp. Right. Right. With everybody watching. Exactly. And you could put little traps and little stops, and mm-hmm. those traps work great. Right. I mean, a little piece of AR-500 box, and you put your shooting gallery duckies and bunnies in there, mm-hmm. and then make everybody do their thing. You can almost do it in SHOT Show. Right. Without a doubt. And, you know, what, what I would like to see happen is what happens in Europe, and it's all wrapped around yes. the 22. They'll draw 50,000 spectators yes. to a rimfire. Uh, when I went to Argentina, their Olympic, they brought their Olympic 22 mm-hmm. people down to meet me. Their upstairs in that fort was just for their 22s. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. huge. Right. No, it's, it's good. Um, I want to get a little technical. We've kind of been talking f- philosophically for a second. Talk about the bolts because the bolts yeah. are a big deal. The bolts are a big deal. So, um, you know, as a, you know, it, it's designed as a system. And, you know, the, f- from the standpoint of what is uh, a highly valuable technical data package, uh, it, you have to have the ability to have what is a functional assembly, you know, in three-dimensional terms, so you turn that out into the ability to machine it. But, you know, as it relates to what brings that assembly together, uh, the bolt is a huge part of that. And as, as you know, it, it's a mid-lock bolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, lugs, obviously, in the middle of the, you know, for, forward the of, yeah. of, of the handle um, with a bolt nose uh, attached. And on the, the two-lug, of course, it's a 90-degree lift. The three-lug, it's a 60-degree lift. Um, but what happens, uh, you know, in the concentric lockup of, of what is just the bolt assembly itself, you know, in the Gen 1, uh, since the Gen 1 originally was supposed to be the, the newly introduced 40X, mm-hmm. Remington 40X Rimfire, there was some leftover Remington DNA. And then, you know, I wasn't a big fan of that DNA, but based on what it was supposed to be for, right. that's kind of the direction I had That to was go. the mission originally. Right. So when I had the opportunity to change that and go away from the, uh, the pins that secure the bolt nose to the bolt body, uh, you know, and move into a toolless capability to disassemble, which the toolless capability to disassemble is a collateral benefit of how it is the bolt goes together. Uh, the bolt nose and now the shroud uh, have locking lugs and they bayonet together. Mm-hmm. And what it provides is tons more concentricity, you know, axial alignment from the rear of the bolt body to the front of the bolt. Right. Nose. You were saying that in, in uh, yesterday for people, when the lugs with 22s are in the back of their handle. Yes. And that creates that radius offset, I guess, is a way of putting it, because the nose is so far forward and it's locking right. in the back. Right. There's, there's uh, you know... There's you, probably a better word for you, it. But. You introduce a variable based on, you know, what is this angular offset right. that could exist, right? And, and that, that's through tolerancing and various things, uh, you know, when, when the parts are made. And for the, the V22 in particular, uh, doesn't matter if it's a Gen 1 or a Gen 2 or a Gen 3, uh, there are no lugways forward of the locking abutments in the receiver. Right. So uh, that, that's all 100% machined. There's no broaching or EDM, and, and how we accomplish that is actually part of our patent. Uh, well, really, our patent's wrapped around that. Around it, yeah. So we, we protect the fact that we don't have you know, these faults built into uh, our action based on a manufacturing process that, you know, is basically pretty archaic, uh, you know, or is continually Mm -hmm. to this day archaic uh, because, you know, people nowadays want to avoid costs. If you see a a mid-lock rim fire with lugways that protrude or propagate forward of the locking abutments, that's just because they want to make it cheaper. Right, right. Right. So uh, to do it the way we did it required a lot more, you know, upfront effort uh, in how we achieved that. But the end goal 
was to do one thing, and that is to control the outcome to the best of our ability. Control all the variables, all the inputs, and you ultimately linearly control the outputs. Well, I mean, and you guys make this point in everything you say. This is precision rimfire. It is. And and so that's that's that big part of it. Why getting into? The, I mean, this isn't this isn't slapping a ten twenty two together and changing the barrel out with two screws and you right. know putting a little tension on the back uh, and the tang there. Mm -hmm. This is this is a purpose built to be a precision rifle. Yes, and it yes. just so happens to be chambered in twenty two rimfire. That's correct. Right, and, right. And for us, every rifle we ship has to be the same. Mm -hmm. And and that that is another aspect or another product of how it is we control the variables. And, and you know that's a very European twenty two mindset. I uh, years ago when I was doing stuff with Bonnier and uh, Field and Stream and those guys, I was going up in Shot Show and the Onshoots people were there. Mm -hmm. So I was talking with them every morning for breakfast. Uh, we always sat at the same table, just habit. And they look at it where their workers believe any one of these rifles that leave the door can win a gold medal. Yes. And that's the mindset. This could be a gold medal. It, very much so. I'm a huge fan of Onshoots. Yep, yep. I love their Fortner action. And I have. That's why I have a, a 17 Fortner. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I I love that design, and you know, but uh, but to your point, with that design, there there's a particular mindset that has to exist before the design ever mm -hmm. you know becomes tangible, and to approach it in a way that that they've approached it, uh, you know, which is a very German way of approaching things, <laughs> right? Uh, which is not a bad thing, right? Right. Um, you know, we we did the same thing, but just in more. Americanized. Exactly. Well, that's my know. point is that yeah. you're you're an Americanized approach to this, but it's a very European 22 mindset and mm -hmm. they look at it a lot different than we do. They're much more serious about it. Right. And now we're getting but the, the but to me you're bringing that philosophy here just Americanizing it and the the example of that is you know, you're doing run and gun tactical right. that right. and you're not doing a Comp a gun that competes with on shoots, right? You know what right. I mean. You're you're, I, yeah, you're yeah. staying in your lane in it, a way, it, exactly. But you're 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 using that same mindset, that same right. uh, that they're using for an Olympic, which might be a gold medal. Right, right. And they they have about 160 years on us. Oh you know, yeah, they, yeah. No, and I get that. A and, long um, time, and uh, you know. But I I really do appreciate their approach, and uh, they've chosen a spot to stand in, mm -hmm. and that's where they. You know that's where they do incredibly well. Right, right. And it's the same for us. And you know I have an appreciation for what they do and how they do it. I have friends that work for Onshoots, and I, I follow them in social media. And uh, it, you know I like to you know see their successes. And mm -hmm. uh, you know and and I've always been a fan of what they're doing. Uh, you know especially the approach and how serious and passionate they are about that. Well, and and, and that's why you're 22 is the real deal and in four years made an impact that's i mean there's very little things you can point to in this industry that changes stuff that fast that quickly on this kind of scale and you guys fall into that and that's it, that's a one hand kind of deal it's been a very very humbling thing and it, you know it it wasn't uh it didn't come easily you know it it started in you know 2007 became more serious in 2009 and we launched in 16. I mean, you're almost telling us that was yeah. six year overnight success. Yeah. So it, you know. it took a lot to get there. Right. Uh, but it was very well worth it. Yeah, and, totally. You know, there, there's nothing, you know, if, if I, you know, kind of get a little mushy here for a minute, there's, there's things that come easily aren't always as appreciated. Right. As the things that you really have to That you work for. for. Yeah. And people saw it. I mean, they saw the, and, and I think that goes back to a little bit of community, what you're talking about. You had a cheerleader section. You had because there's always, regardless of what it could be on Sniper's Hide, there's always a small cheerleading section. Right. Even right. if it's something that might not pan out, even if there's always somebody that wants to see the other guys succeed in doing something that right. they're interested in. Yeah. And it may be today. There's, you know, 10% are interested in 22s. So today we see that. So you have a 10% cheerleader. Now you're up at like 60%. Right. And, and so you brought all those people with you and it, and it worked out really well. 
And it, it's to me that's that where the community helps, right? Because you right. listen to the community. Because I mean, you know, you've seen it on the hide where the community says we have a need, and a company or somebody will come and say, "I'll do the need," and they come out with their first thing, and they go, well, "Wait a minute, this doesn't fulfill our need. We don't right. like any of this." Right. Well, what do you guys know? I'm going to do it my way. This is my need. This is how I made it. Stop arguing with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we want it to do this. Yeah, but I can't get it to do that right now and blah, 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 go away. And they fight and they leave. Right. And then it never works. Then you get somebody that goes, no, the community wants this. Well, okay, let me see if I can do that. Well, the mag's the hard part. Let me see if I can get the mag to work. Mm -hmm. And you spent years doing that. All right, now I got the mag to work. We need to get the action to work. And you listen to them and you've solved, like you said, you have to solve the right problem. Right, right. Solving the correct problem at that time. And it's not just we want a 22 trainer. We want a 22 trainer that does all these same things as our 6.5 Creed. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Right. You know, we can get a 22. Exactly. Um, So, like you were saying, 700 footprint, the right scopes, the rails, the rings, the magazines. Uses the the same triggers. The triggers, everything. Yeah. And and, and all these companies that support, you know, those individual components uh, have stepped up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ammunition companies, stock companies, you know, Lapua has been awesome mm-hmm. for us. We, we have a lot of success with Ely as well. And, and there's RWS and, you know, a number of the other match, you know, mm-hmm. grade ammunition that works very well out of our rifles. Uh, you know, for Ely, we have a different follower. Uh, we don't use the same magazine follower that okay. we use for Lapua um, because dimensionally that round is a, a bit different. Slightly different. You yeah. were saying a basic, oh, they're all not equal. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and over the thousands of rounds that I measured, you know, to come to the point that, you know, the, to control the variables, mm-hmm. uh, ammunition's a big part of it, and so is the chamber, of course. So uh, to make it work as consistently as it does, all those things had to be dealt with up front. And you know it, it it was a it was a toss up, right? It could have been Lapua, it could have been Ely, uh, because they they both did incredibly well mm-hmm. uh, in in the testing. Um, but there was a few things I edged out towards the Lapua side, and that's the direction. I and, went. and now there's a much bigger presence here, which much works out presence. well, right? So yes, and and that's been the a great part of our our industry partnership is you know they had they had facility in uh, in Arizona the test facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people sent voodoos out there. I designed, made uh, six fixtures that they could clamp into their vise that you bolt. It's like the center section of a chassis. Right, right. And you can even plug a magazine in the bottom of it and do your lot testing fed from the magazine. And, uh, you know, so sent, sent those out. Uh, they loved it. Uh, they stood up the facility in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm going to go visit uh, those guys here pretty soon with my bench rest rig nice. and lot test that. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, a huge, uh, it, you know, support network within what is, you know, been supporting this, this 22 uh, movement going forward. So uh, it, it's been a great thing to watch. It's been a very humbling thing to be a part of. and. Uh, we're, you know, like I mentioned, we're not stopping. No, and you guys are, and like I said, once this winter comes over and I do the switch over this site, I'll be pinging you guys a lot more. I'm, I'm, I'm playing chess right now and putting the pieces in place. Right. And then when I get close, I'll knock on the door. Um, uh, but for sure, and, and we all got to get going. We're getting on the hour. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really appreciate everything you do and I appreciate the support and the hide and that you guys are there answering questions and doing that. I mean, that's a big part of it. From my side of it, right. is that you're that they can go and reach out to you and and you're on sniper side. Hey, you want to talk to Mike? Go to sniper side. He'll answer you. Yep. That does so much on my side of things that that it's amazing. And for as much as kind of we we stay out of each other's way, I don't call up. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. You know, <laughs> right, right, I know yeah. you guys are busy. Yeah. You know, and and when things are ready to go, well, then I call and ask. And like when this came in, you know, we had to do a little shuffling around for shooting gallery. Right. I mean. It kind of dropped that we knew we were going to do this. Right, we right. didn't know when, right. where, or how. Right, and then yeah. the emails that came in were like, "Hey, we're going to go on Thursday. What Thursday? <laughs> right, exactly. They were just saying Thursday. <laughs> they were going, what Thursday? Yeah, th- this all started. You know what we did yesterday started in January. At yes, Shot Show. at Shot Show. I uh, was walking through. I was over close to GA Precision's booth and was. Uh, 
you know, I walked right past Michael Bain. We saw each other at the same time and we, you know, mm-hmm. hadn't seen each other in a while. And I uh, says, hey, I want to do, you told me what he wanted to do. So we started planning. In fact, I, I yeah, told you, you at me. the show. You yeah. me, right. And uh, say, hey, this is what we're going to put together because I wanted you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, COVID happened. Right, right, right. And then other things. So Michael was actually... Um, in the fire. He was in the fire, yep. yeah, and, and was evacuated. And, you know, so anyway, it finally came together, and I don't think it could have gone better than it did. No, it was, it was flawless yeah. as far as the filming goes. I mean, hopefully I don't look too bumbling on some of the props because I just wasn't – I'm like, we're so compact. I'm yep. like trying to move, but not right. really. And I'm like, oh, I got to do these bags. But otherwise, I think it went really well to show people what we can do. Um. That one target, I, I wish I had a GoPro on it early. Right. That one 200 yard that I was shooting on yeah. the stem, yeah. it had like a two, two, and, and, and the wind, I'm using two mils plus yep. of wind, yep. and it had like a two and a half inch group on it, just right. centered up, stacked in the middle. And yeah. I, I wasn't hyper focusing on stacking because there was no camera down there. Right. So yeah. I didn't care. As long as it dings, right. who cares? Right. When I went down there, it was stacked, and I went, "Damn!" And and we just don't want to use it because technically it's a head target. Right. We just right. don't want to put a head target on TV. Right. But then I put it on the pepper popper and just ate the. I did some B roll for them on the pepper popper and then the big one. So hopefully they put that in there, because I mean we're two and three hundred yards using two plus mils of wind, and they're hammering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You know, the only 50-yard shooting I did was just to the get zero. an initial zero, and everything after that was, for mm-hmm. my, I shot 300 yards, and what would you say the wind was? 10, uh, it was 12, six, six to eight, six to eight, okay. and we were using anywhere from two to two and a half at the 200, and a little more bouncing yeah. back and forth. The three would go from like a one and a half to a two and a half. You yeah. Had the, I was bracketing it. Um but the the two was pretty consistent. Yeah, there there was there were a there was a short period of time that I was closer to three mils at three hundred yeah, for the yeah. wind, and it was kind of twitchy later in the day. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot it, of fun. And, and it was good. But it, yeah, that worked out really well. I mean, that was an awesome episode, and I think it'll be great for everybody. Although Michael put a lot of pressure on me, calling me master this and master yeah, that. I was like, Ooh. yeah, I'm like dude, I gotta not do anything wrong which he did on purpose actually. i know he, he's messing with me <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 once he saw me react to it it was on. right yeah it just never oh, stopped yeah. After you, you bled in the water yeah you yep. did the shark started circling all right man we're gonna end this up and i'm gonna get out i got some things this weekend to do i got james up here from that and we're gonna do some stuff but uh thanks for everything thanks for including sniper side and me Absolutely. in this um it was an awesome time uh great thing i love everything you guys are doing uh and and just you yeah, know. yeah, and including you and Sniper's Hide was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly appreciative that a platform like that exists and the kind of support that we get from it and, and the, the outlet that I have to be able to have direct communication mm-hmm. with the customer base, which, yeah. you know, there, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not answering PMs or... Well, and it's not know. a Facebook where suddenly yeah. they realize you're selling a gun and pisses you right. off and, yeah. you know, or decides to get rid of you because you sold a gun exactly. and a PM. yeah. Yeah. You know, at least we have a neutral platform that lets you do whatever you want and conduct business on it, and right. which is nice. Right, which is, that, that's huge for, uh, you know, for our part of the industry and, mm-hmm. well, the industry in general. Yep, no, yeah. awesome. No, thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for uh, inviting me to that. The shooting gallery was awesome. Thanks to Mike, Voodoo Gunworks. Um, guys, it's it's really going to change this. And, and the more they attack what we're doing politically, the easier it's going to be to go to a 22. And that sucks to say that, but there's really, we are, our political future is not always in our own hands. Yeah, there's some reality to that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you have to be adaptable, um, which sucks, but it, it is what it is. But thanks, guys. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. The Everyday Sniper with Voodoo Gunworks. We're out.